Hello and welcome to the Extreme Cinema Podcast. Uh, I'm Alexander Sternberg. Uh, this is the worst episode of the show. I, I hope you enjoy it. Dom, how are you doing? I'm good. It might be the best episode of the show, just the worst, worst film we've ever talked about and ever will talk about, I think. No, you're 100% right. I mean, last season, I think the infamous bad one was Snuff, but... Yes. This, yeah, I, I have it in my notes in like capital letters right here. Worse than snuff. Oh, yeah, ten times worse than snuff. A hundred times worse than snuff. Like, and this, this might just... be the worst film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming from a person who literally just watched Birdemic Three. I did watch Birdemic Three. <laughs> of the discourse of what a movie should be and it's still worse than that <laughs> <laughs> and this is just a hell hell of a weird film I mean I think the reason this film was, well, one of the reasons this film is notorious because this film is directed if you don't know by none other than Glenn Danzig of Misfits fame of genius songwriter singer songwriter fame Misfits his own stuff absolute legend but a fucking that, terrible director. <laughs> we will definitely get into like him a bit later, but my god, like yeah, yeah. This is um, man is good at one thing, or was good at one thing, uh, and just terrible at another. I mean, this is a shocking film. Um, I wrote down notes because it's it's three short stories, and there's of like a, you know, connecting tissue. And I wrote down notes for the first minute of the film. So here are my notes for the first minute of the film. The lighting is bad. The acting is bad. The effects are bad. The music is bad. <laughs> the, the music is bad and it's made by fucking Danzig. And the font is bad. That's just the first minute of the film. Everything is bad. Every single thing. Like, have, we, have we even said that it's Veronica that we're talking about? Did oh, we even introduce the movie? <laughs> it's just this film is so bad you even forget what life is. Like <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, I think the thing with the film is you can see um Danzig's influence, which is sort of primarily European horror films, and Giallo as well, which is very true in the in the second story. Yeah. But God, you can see what he's going for, and everything fails, like spectacularly. Or beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, so I obviously is inspired by Jallo. You see it all over the place. But even uttering Jallo's name near this is it's a horrifying concept. Like, he's clearly going for Suspiria with the lighting and the look of the film. But yeah. it comes across as Rob Zombie's Monsters movie. Oh, yeah. I've not even seen that yet. But <laughs> And like, you watch everything. And I watch everything. I mean, it it would be closest to talk about Rob Zombie and Danzig, two very good rock stars turned trying to make films. Rob Zombie's a hell of a lot more successful, obviously. I was just going to say, Rob Zombie's like a decent director from what I've seen of yeah. him, which is not much. He's made yeah. some decent shit. Uh, some of it's absolutely terrible. But... The the thing is, right, with, with, with Verotica, like this film had a budget behind it. And if this was a YouTube video, you'd say, that's a decent looking YouTube video. I mean, YouTubers yeah. have done way more better stuff than this, but this is a movie. If, if this was a YouTube video, I'd be like, oh, very good first YouTube video there. <laughs> okay, like, 
do you think we should tackle them each story at a time because it's one and then we can kind of like drop in and out of like the behind the scenes and stuff? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd love to talk about whatever the hell the opening is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, get into everything is just like, oh, God. it's like, it's like post-traumatic stress flashbacks. You say the opening, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the opening. <laughs> it's just like, so, I mean, every, every actor in this is like an old worn-out porn star, right? Like, Yeah, they're all like... adult film actors and Boy, you can tell. Yeah, it's like the worst of worst bad porn acting you've ever seen. And then the opening, it just so kind like, of starts. Just what a girl getting her eyes picked out, and the blood is awful, and the screaming is is awful, like a first take. You know, I'm not really into it. And then the opening credits start, which is like the worst music and the worst font, and it goes on forever. <laughs> I just need to make a beautiful analogy of imagine that first bit is zom that bit from zombie if it was shit yeah that's, that's what I was basically well yeah dancing stars on being like I don't want to do that we we say he's wearing um his influences on his sleeve yeah zombie flesh eaters definitely one of them because I, mm -hmm. I love a film with different titles in different countries it gets incredibly confusing <laughs> yeah that's then, <laughs> that's why we both said different things there. <laughs> then we get to the first the first story, which is hysterical, because everyone sounds like Inspector Clouseau. It's set in France, and apparently they had a vocal coach, from what I read, and it's so funny. Every line is hysterical. Honestly, you've clearly read up stuff on this. I watched this film, <laughs> and I'm not even going to read anything, because it's like, they had a vocal coach, <laughs> You know, you know what it must have been like for the vocal coach. You know, in the Radioactive Man episode of The Simpsons, when they're trying to get Wolf Castle to say "up and atom." <laughs> that's it. That's the entire <laughs> Danzig just trying to like. What if the what if the vocal coach was Danzig? <laughs> <laughs> well, man's got no voice anymore, so it's like Neil Breen, where everything is just the. <laughs> oh my god! It is like Neil Breen, isn't it? <laughs> Like, it really is like Neil Breen. Oh, yeah. Like, what did uh, it... So, yeah, get into the first story. And then you have the eye boobs, mm. which look terrible. Yes, the eye boobs are the... Um, the. I mean, this is called Verotica. All of these things are supposed to be erotic, I guess. <laughs> is it? Way. I mean... It's based on his comic series, and from what I hear, like his comic series kind of does have like a cult following, a really, really small one of like hardcore Danzig fans, like yeah. like it, but no, no one likes this film. God, no, nobody's liked this ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he's probably going for erotic. I mean, especially in the second story with all the strip club sequences that never fucking end. Oh yes, well. Well, I mean, it's it it seems to be kind of a. I don't know if it's just because I watched. It, I was like, this is sleazy as hell, the entire way through. But I thought it was going for kind of the erotic, like kind of you know old hammer sort of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, and I guess also Giallo. Giallo goes for sort of sleaze. I mean, I literally the other day just watched a great uh, Sergio Martino film called The Strange Vice of Miss Ward. And that was definitely going for 
some kind of eroticism, but also it's it's trying to shock you at the same time, which I guess is what this film is doing. Like, I think it's, yeah, yeah. Especially this in the third star. Tell. Oh God, the worst one. Oh, is that Yellow's favorite? Yeah, by a mile. It's <laughs> it's impossible to sit through. I thought, but uh, this one because we got we got at least in the first one we got the guy who looks like Goro from Mortal Kombat. Oh, but yes, I love the Goro man, the spider. <laughs> oh, the CGI. How is CGI this bad? How is it? It looks like a first render. Like when you're just doing the skeleton. You know, in the BAFTAs, when they're doing like the best special effects category and they show yeah. you in the early stages, it looks like the first one. And Danza just went, yep, good. And they would have gone, sir, uh, it's not dinner. Nope, it's done. Brilliant. Done. Here's, here's the check. No, it's there. It's like Walter White in the car, dancing! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone looks so uninterested in this. I mean, my favourite um, character in this one is the police. Because, I mean, Inspector Clouseau is like, Hello, police, let us in when there's, like, murder happening inside. It's so fun. The police in, in the first two stories, hilarious. The ending bit of the first episode with the police is... Might be one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> there's, there's like a woman being murdered by a gullo-looking fucking thing. Like, did, I don't know what that is. What is it? Like, <laughs> what, ha what happens again? What do the police do at the end of that? They, they shoot him. And they, they're just like, oh, it's dead. <laughs> just like, <laughs> See, my favourite police moment in this film is in the second story when they find the the woman um, with the second story is the best one who's missing her face but they just spread sort of ketchup on her face and he goes yeah. what have we got here it's like well it's Grizzly Sarge real grizzly and like, like, like they go for a murder thing and it's just like you know generic cop thing and like also she's missing a face yeah oh, coffee it's... and donuts it's unbelievable it's I don't know how they created something so bad like, who How looks at that? Danzig, it's just a vanity project. Like, The Room and, like, Birdemic and, like, the Neil Breen's. Danzig was probably the one to watch it all the way through and go, yep, this is brilliant, I'm a genius. Like, how many times in this film with the editing right, how many times does it, like, all the actors are just standing there awkwardly for, like, ten seconds? Yeah, it after... means every, every single shot of every single moment lingers. About five seconds too long. Like, they're just looking down the camera for a bit, like, waiting for Danzig to yell cut, and it's just not. <laughs> There's definitely one bit in that first story where they're, like, just, like, like her eyes, like, the main woman's eyes are just shifting from side to side, like, what what do I do? Yeah, literally, like, Danzig's just staring at her the camera. <laughs> I, yeah, this film, absolutely infamous. When it premiered, at, I mean, I'd never heard of this or that Danzig was making a film. Um, it premiered at Cinepocalypse, I believe, and instantly the next day I woke up and my Twitter feed was full of articles being like, The New The Room. Like, that's how instantly infamous it was. And Chris Stuckman yeah. did a review of it. Red Letter Media covered it. Like, this was, for a bit, like, the new So Bad It's Good film. Like, the internet for a good few weeks was just obsessed with this film. You see, I did know it was coming. I, um, didn't know it was going to be this bad. I was actually like, oh... <laughs> Danzig's making a film. I wonder what that'll be like. And I think this was before he released the fucking Elvis covers that he did as well, which everyone was just like, oh, Danzig's lost his mind. Um, 
That's the thing. That was my my initial letterbox review of this film was like big up to Danzig for being the first person to release the worst album of a year and the worst movie of a year. Because in addition to this being the biggest meme, Danzig sings Elvis. My God, my God, that was bad. Like he sounds like Bob Dylan now or something. Oh yeah. Like bad Bob Dylan, new Bob Dylan, now Bob Dylan, not seventies, sixties Bob Dylan. But they're misfits. Uh. Turin again, original line of Misfits, apparently they're great. So I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> no, he's just, <laughs> he's lost his mind, clearly, with his I, personal projects. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing, though, people would be like, oh, he's just all these vanity projects. But Danzig used to be incredible on his own as well. Fucking, I mean, his first yeah, album. His first album. It's it's I prefer it to Misfits as great a band as Misfits were like and not just Mother which is obviously a banger but like yeah. Twist of King Twist of King yeah she rides is good like there's so much good stuff second album's got a couple of good songs in it which I can't really uh, think what they called off the top of my head and like he's had this horror thing down from Misfits days like Misfits were a horror punk band well that's the thing he's always had such a good horror presence he. He was a lot to do with. I know Danzig were uh, sorry, Misfits was all of them together, but they've always had such a good vibe. They've always got the horror everything down. How does he fuck this up so much? Like, 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 like he must be a nightmare to work with. I mean, like, always hiring the wrong people because you sh- like if you have money for a crew, which he did. It's it's not it's not like he was just doing this one hundred percent by himself. You shouldn't come. The finished product shouldn't be this bad. No, it, it should not. <laughs> he could have just played a live show and it'd have been a better fucking movie than this. Like, <laughs> and the music sucks for this too. So, and and he did the score and all the original, all the like soundtrack tracks he's picked are rubbish as well. It literally felt like he just. I don't know. He was just like, I'm gonna make this film and it's gonna be. Amazing! And look at my fucking editing and everything. And everyone's like, "What is going on? Like, what the hell is happening?" <laughs> you know, it's like next film is like a vampire western starring Julian Sands. J- Julian Sands, who at the time of recording this is still like lost in the wilderness in California, like deadly seriously. Like he's still like not found. So that may well be like the last Julian Sands film. It will be like this western that Danzig did. And I thought it would be a cool idea if. If it wasn't directed by Danzig, <laughs> that is absolutely insane. I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, like it was like announced like straight after Verotica. I mean, Lord knows. I mean, I couldn't find anything about Danzig's reaction to the reaction to the film. If he's aware of what people think it is, he must be, or he's just going to do a like, you know, typical so bad it's good director and ignore all it and pretend like oh the people who are watching my film like it. Yeah, he could always do that. It was on purpose, kind of thing as well. <laughs> oh, he would, he'd never. Clearly the ego, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm being too mean to Danzig. For all we know, he's perfectly pleasant and just sucks at being a director. But like everything you see in this film really points to man who couldn't do make a film, you know, just doing everything himself, kind of. Yeah, that's, I mean... I don't know if you've been too mean to him. Like, <laughs> Although I guess we all love Neil Breen, so we can, we can we look at him that way. We love Neil Breen. Like, I, I, I adore Neil Breen. He's probably an arsehole. 
<laughs> people, people online seem to think Neil Breen is a really nice guy who's who's met him. They say he's like very eccentric and weird, as you would be if you were Neil Breen. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau, who's the noted asshole. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Wiseau is supposed to be an absolute horrible person. That's the thing. The room is. I mean, the room was a lot funnier to me when I discovered it. Like back in, I'd think two thousand nine. I want to say, and like. We just had the film and very little explanation for anything, except maybe the spoons. Tommy did his whole shtick about the spoons. After I read the book, I'm like, this is fa- a fantastic book, The Disaster Artist. Like, fascinating yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant book. But it's like, it does take some of the magic out of it, because now every scene in the room, when I watch it, I'm like, I know why this is like the way it is. Whereas uh-huh. it's funnier as a complete mystery, which Verotica still is. The only articles I can find about Danzig talking about Verotica... Say that he just adores the film in that sense. <laughs> You'd have to if you made it. I mean, yeah, it's it's a passion project, clearly. Uh, I think we'll get into the second one, which I found the funniest, because the face stealer. The it's face so stealer. funny. Every scene is like, hello, I've come for your face. For your face. No, not my face! <laughs> and when people just go around as well, with no face sometimes. Like, <laughs> When it cuts, anytime it cuts to the person without a face and they just smeared some ketchup, like, oh god, the makeup and blood in this film is terrible. I mean, there's no makeup. Apart from Goro-looking motherfucker who's in, like, a weird rubber suit, everything is just... The two hands don't move. They've just attached, like, two <laughs> mache hands to him. And yeah. he's doing the stupid French accent. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's it's incredible. And then there's the face stealer. I love the, the chase scene at the end of this one. Absolute one of the best chase scenes I've ever seen. What, so, like, the actual worst lighting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, nobody, honestly, people need to experience this film, because you have no, I have no idea what's going on all of the time. Like, it, it really is one of those just perf, not perfect, but like, one of those so bad it's good films like this is it. it it lives up to the hype of just how ridiculous it is and like every scene there's stuff and maybe not in the third one but in the first two stories every scene there's just stuff you're like how did this happen how is this the final cut of the film how how yeah i um i watched this alone which you should never do watch watch this with a group or something because like it'll be so much more fun I've only seen this alone, like, I've seen it twice, so this time I kind of had a bit of a skip through, like, any time the extended strip club sequences came on, I was like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, oh, we're still here five minutes later, fast forward, fast forward, but uh, I did enjoy this, I think, on my first watch. When we uh, said we were going to do this, I did have a bit of a, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to have to rewatch Verotica, though. <laughs> yes, you did. When we were discussing doing this... Like, big discussion doing this season again. You were like, we need to do Veronica. I have to watch that fucking movie again. Because you had warned me yeah. so many times about this film. And you were like, and I meant to keep getting around to it. And this eventually pushed me to watch this shit. <laughs> and you got to love this podcast, Dom. We watched some... Like, last week we watched one of the best movies of all time. And this week it's one of the worst. Yeah, we went from... Audition to Veronica. It's uh, we definitely went to the two ends of the spectrum in what we could even fathom. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure this story is like 
an extended reference to, I mean, it's a Suspiria, obviously, in the lighting in the final, the attempted lighting in the final chase, but I think it's an extended reference to Eyes Without a Face. Yes, I've not yeah. seen, but I've seen, I, I know the scene. That was done in the 50s. Yeah. It looks so bloody good. Now we have latex makeup and all this uh, horror special effects. It It's like infinitely worse. Eyes Without a Face was done in the 50s. Veronica was what, 20, was it 2020? 19, I think. 2019. And it looks like a four-year-old made it. <laughs> it really, really, it really does. Oh, God. And every time they cut back to Caden Cross as the, as the Crypt Keeper or whatever her character yeah. has the name. And she's just like, everyone is so bored. Everyone is just passively <laughs> reading their lines, which makes for some of the best deliveries, especially from the police in the second one, where... They're just so nonchalant about all this like horrible stuff that's happening. If it was a comedy, you'd go, "This is quite funny," but it's like really serious. Yeah, this uh, this would be a genius comedy. I mean, it's like the actors have clearly just read the lines while waiting for the cue. Come on, and then Danzig's forgot to say cut every every single time. Like that's, that's what it genuinely looks like. <laughs> That's the thing with these so bad as good films. Like, if it was like Garth Morangi, right, which is intentional, these directors would be like masters at their craft. But they're not. They're just they're just like this. And as we know, because every single time without fail, someone's tried to make a bad movie intentionally, it's not good. Oh yeah, it's Black Dynamite, I guess, is decent. But that's a spoof. That's different. Yeah, yeah, that's a spoof, I guess, yeah. But like, yeah, it's never gonna you can't get that authenticity. Like, you can't. It's because it's so... They believe in what they're doing. It makes it so hilarious. And it's it's always... It's always... Be it with so Neil Breen. When you watch the Troll 2 documentary, The Best Worst, do you realise sort of Claudio Fragoso really did have a lot of control over it? It always comes down to the... Almost always, I actually have written down a, for the third story, a film that was definitely not just a one director thing that's awful but like it's generally speaking comes down to the you know director producer writer i think he has an editing credit on this as well <laughs> he has the music credit it comes down to that to the dude who has all the creative control is incompetent at everything yeah not quite neil breen where he did the catering as well but <laughs> eat and eat films <laughs> it's just a lot of companies is made up over because you're right, the comedic timing in this would be, like, genius if it was true. And the camera work, like, all the zooms are terrible, but if it oh, was yeah. true, it'd be hilarious. But it, it's real. If you showed somebody this and you're like, oh no, this is on purpose. Like, this is... T done, they have no idea who Danzig is. It's like I'm currently showing Tasha Twin Peaks, my girlfriend <gasps> Tasha, and she's like... Um, what is this? Like, what, what did you is? Think? I mean, she really likes it, but she's like, "What is happening here?" And I'm like, "No, it's intentional. Just, just wait. Like, just, just <laughs> wait to see. Like, like imagine doing that with like Veronica for something." <laughs> the thing is, right? Like, the line between genius and like madness is really, really slim. For something like Neil Breen, there's like that element of kind of genius in it. Like, terrible, don't get me wrong, but that element of this is so unique. Like, Neil Breen is an artistic voice that is unique. This doesn't have any of that. This is, he likes 
European horror movies from the 60s and 70s and wants to make one and is dreadful at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, we should talk about the third one then. The third I feel so bad. I lo- Danzig's first album is such a top quality it's... blues rock album. Oh, and I yeah. I feel so bad now because I'm ripping into him. I mean, he, he needed it after this, but he's... <laughs> Yeah. Danzig in the 80s, lo- 70s and 80s, absolute genius. It cannot be understated how much he did for the world of punk and grunge. He basically moved grunge into, is like the biggest thing for that. It is unbelievable. But Like, Glenn, we love you. Please bring the original Misfits lineup to London or Leeds or just wherever the, at some point, please. The UK at some point, please. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the third story. It's got some funny moments, but it's largely torture. Yeah. And it's obviously like terrible. So you get like you you're just watching it and just like cool, blood, more blood, the blood looks terrible, even more blood, the end. That's kind of how I felt in it. And it's so funny because like there is like the chance for some social commentary in this about like rich people being able to do anything and he just misses it and doesn't care doesn't probably doesn't even see it still that's no way he made it it? (laughs) i i got weird feeling from the first story it was like even though it's i don't know it felt the most sleazy and the most weird even though it's like out and out not the other one were probably way sleazy. More than the first? Yeah. The first is like the sleaziest, weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what it was about this. It just gave me these odd, like, feelings. I was like, what the hell is this? And just like, it's just a, a woman torturing women. And it's like an extended bit in a bath. Like, <laughs> she's just cutting people's throats into a bath. I was just like, what on earth am I watching? Like, if anyone had walked in. I think I'm the most insane human that's ever left. Like, well, 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 Dom. Uh, this is actually based on a true story, and you know what the uh, woman, the main woman, is called in real life because the metalhead in you is going to love this. Oh, go for it. Uh, Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, is it Bathory? Oh, okay. It's Bathory. <laughs> uh, and this story has been done uh before. It's been done in Immoral Tales by uh Whirlian Borovich, I sorry because I'm gonna have butchered that name. Who's a very famous uh, Polish director? His films do have like that erotic tendency to it. I've been meaning to watch his stuff for like ages. But also, and this is another fact you're gonna love, mm. um, it was covered in a famous actor's one of her films she's directed called The Countess, directed by Julie Delphi. Oh, right, she made a film about her as well. What the hell? So I presume this is the worst version of this story by a mile. Yeah, it must be. Like, I didn't know Julie Delphi did anything. <laughs> She's directed a few films. I was shocked. I just learned this like when I was researching. For, for people listening, I'm the biggest Linklater and therefore before fan of all time. <laughs> everyone watched the before trilogy, oh my God, if yes. you've not already, which everyone listening probably has. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I um, I I obviously knew Bathory was. Um, I guess yeah, obviously inspired by it. But <laughs> you knew who she was, and you couldn't even tell from this. That's how bad the storytelling is. Exactly. Like it's it's not like it's ever said or anything. It's just like rich woman 
picks girl to go to castle kills all girls. That's like that's it. Like, and you know, right? Yeah. I said the first um thing had the Inspector Clouseau accents. The accents in this might be worse. Oh yeah, the, the greatest accents of all time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like the assist, I don't know what they're going for. Is it generic Eastern European or something? I guess I, so. I can't tell. It's supposed to be like Polish or something along those lines, like. And it's just like no dialogue, and it goes on and on. You know what? You know what? Some of it reminded me of because there is nothing. The effects suck, so the the, the it tortures out the question, and the acting sucks. Yeah. So you're just sitting there watching that. But the costumes, you know what? The costumes reminded me of Donald. What? Robin Hood 2018. Oh my god. <laughs> In fairness to Verotica, they're not quite as bad as Robin Hood 2018. <laughs> Somehow, Verotica did better on one thing <laughs> than one movie ever. This, I mean, they all look modern in this. That's why it reminded me of it. It's not quite as bad as Robin Hood, whereas, like, Bonner's daughter, who's a terrible actor, is in, like, a leather jacket at one point, and it looks like she just picked up from, like, All Saints or something. <laughs> that's, that's just genius. Tyler Egerton just wearing, like, a superhero costume. It's sort of... <laughs> not as good as when Antifa show up in that film. If we did a bad movie <laughs> podcast, we would do, like, a two-hour special on Robin Hood 2018. God. It was so fucking funny and people didn't catch on to it i'd forgot about that movie so much could you ever forget <laughs> about that oh but yeah verotica is a uh, uh do we have anything else to say on verotica uh, just it's it's terrible it's the worst thing i've ever seen and that's not like an exaggeration of any portion like this basically isn't a movie it's just fine. I'm so bad at this. It's just, it's, it, yeah. That's all I can say, really. I, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's quite the worst film ever. I've kind of lost track at what I think the worst film ever is at this point because I've just watched too many. However, get a bunch of friends around and watch it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's terrible. It's so fucking bad, but it's bad in every single aspect in like an unintentionally perfect way. Like it's not quite as entertaining as uh, a Neil Breen film or Miami Connection or uh, Tammy and the T-Rex, but you'll have a good time. That's yeah. for certain. Get some friends around, drink a lot, and this will be amazing. <laughs> Honestly, the comedic timing is just so unintentional. I just That's like the main ridiculous thing from this. Like, the reveal of the eye boobs. <laughs> the, when she falls asleep in that, like, porn theatre, like, it's all so funny. Like, if it was a comedy, it'd be fucking pitch perfect, but it's not. Yep. It's, uh, it's certainly something. <laughs> That's my final word so on it. <laughs> I I agree. Of all the films ever made, this is indeed one it of them. It is one of them. Uh, Actually, or possibly not. So anyway, Sturdy, what will we be doing next week? Well, welcome next week to the first um, Extreme Cinema Podcast special, because uh, I don't think anyone could see, because this is a podcast, but I, I kind of just dabbed there, <laughs> if you realise. Um, yeah, so we have a big Excel document of, like, all the stuff we could we could take 
and we were just going through it, doing it, and we're like, which French New Extremity film should we pick? And then we're like, oh, well, all of them, <laughs> because we're just going to end up talking about the movement anyway. We can't do the ton. So, yep, it's a French New Extremity special where we're going to talk about the movement and our favorite films from them and, you know, all the things we should cover in a French New Extremity special. I'm very excited. And I, I hope you've all enjoyed the most ridiculous thing we've we've fucking watched yet. We might do something worse than this. Who knows? Is that even possible? I don't, I don't think it is, but we can certainly try. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Extreme Cinema Podcast with Alexander Sternberg and Dom Loach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing as it really helps us out. The original artwork for the podcast was done by George Arnold. The Extreme Cinema Podcast, available where all good podcasts are available.